we begin this exciting new series to discover biblical principles that we can apply to several different areas in the workplace today we discuss personal vision purpose and career plan your life plan is connected to the person god wants you to become the place he wants you to be positioned in and the purpose he wants to release through you all right we're going to um, rise up to our feet and make our declaration together so if you don't mind let's stand up to our feet and hold our bibles high up in the air let's say this out loud bold and strong together this is god's word this is god speaking to me i am who god says i am i can do what god says i can do i will become everything god has promised i'm saved healed delivered redeemed i am blessed victorious prosperous triumphant i'm a minister of god a servant of christ and a channel of his blessing to many people i receive his word i believe his word and i live by his word christ is my master and to him i am in absolute surrender in jesus name amen god bless you please you may be seated all right um starting today on through till the 9th of august uh we will be doing a series called timeless principles for the workplace as we announced last sunday uh we're going to start that off this morning timeless principles for the workplace i just want to uh, begin by uh, giving an overview of what we're going to be talking about and uh, and then do the things that we want to cover here this morning so when we talk about the workplace and these are the kinds of topics we're going to cover over the next 8 weeks uh we're going to talk about personal vision and purpose we'll talk about career plan and we'll talk about right workplace attitudes so that's is more in 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 terms of a personal preparation how do i prepare myself for engaging in the workplace or the marketplace then we will talk about things that happen in the workplace we'll talk about corporate vision mission values and culture competitive advantage and strategy we'll talk about organizational structure and design Uh, we'll talk about innovation and creativity i'll talk about some hr related things like people processes performance and rewards we'll talk about workplace relationships the things that happen between people uh we'll talk about planning and execution profitability and corporate finance we'll talk about strategic partnerships leadership uh marketing branding and selling we'll talk about customer relationship relations and challenges and tough times how do you handle difficulties that you encounter in the workplace and we'll talk about stewardship and then we'll talk about how the workplace impacts our lives so we'll talk about things like career growth work life balance uh saving investing retiring and beyond and then we'll put all this together and say you know how does what what is this all about in terms of the kingdom of god so we'll talk about entrepreneurship here and workplace transformation 
So there's a lot of ground to cover the next eight weeks. Uh, so uh, we're going to do our best. Sunday mornings will be a highlight of these things, but you'll have the book with you so you can go back and study God's word and dig into it a lot more. Now, to begin with, this is not a management course. <laughs> so if you're doing your management studies, please complete it. Uh, don't say, well, I'm learning everything in church. No, this is not a management course. It's not intended to be one. What we're trying to do simply is, we're trying to understand principles from the word of God that relate to all of these areas that you and I encounter in the workplace. What are principles? What are biblical principles that I can take and apply in all these various aspects of my work life? So, in addition to the knowledge that you have, your professional knowledge, whether you're, you've studied management or whatever you've done, in addition to that, we need principles that undergird what we do. And so that's what this whole series is about. Biblical principles that apply to them, to those areas of our work life. Now, when we talk about this, understand that, uh, you know, no, management knowledge or Professional knowledge keeps on changing. It keeps evolving because conditions change. Uh, if, if you're in the area of technology, uh, you know, what you knew last year may be outdated this year. Don't think I used to program that. Well, now we're doing something pretty different, you know. So, so you always keep evolving. You keep learning. You have to learn. Even, you know, theories on management and organizational behavior and leadership, these keep changing. These keep evolving because conditions keep changing. But when we talk about these principles, these principles are timeless. In fact, many of these principles are written in the Bible in the language of the agricultural age because that was the age in which most of the Bible was written. But since then, we've moved on. We've gone through the industrial age. We've gone through the dot-com, and now we're in a digital age. And so the language we use today may be very different from the language of the Bible, but the spirit of the message, the principle is timeless. So in those days, they will talk in terms of, whoops, sorry. Okay. So in the language of the Bible, you'll talk in terms of fields and agriculture and cows and goats. But today's language may be in terms of, you know, uh, files and documents and, uh, you know, wealth and investments and all those kinds of, the language may be very different. But the principles still apply. These principles transcend time, culture, people, region. They apply in any context, in any industry. And that's what we call them timeless principles. And uh, the other uh, thing that you and I understand is that out there in the workplace, uh, people can be unscrupulous. Dishonesty seems to be the norm. And, and, and the way of doing things can, there are, you know, there is no black and white. There's all gray, right? And, 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 and so we don't, we don't have standards necessarily. And so we need principles that guide our professional practices and our daily lives. And so what we are going to do over the next eight weeks is to look at biblical principles that are relevant to each of these areas and let these principles undergird everything we do in our professional lives. Amen? Now... I realize that uh, sitting here in the hall here, there'd be people in different stages of life. Some of you are in college and you're saying, my biggest thing is to get out of college. 
Uh, some of us may be in the workplace. Some of us have been there for a while. Uh, some of us are out of the workplace. And, and you know, say, you know, Pastor, what are you talking about workplace? My work is making chapatis and... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do, you know. I'm a homemaker, you know. How is all this going to re relate to me? Well, I, I think there is value, one, uh, in under, if you're just a homemaker, if you're a home, not just, but if you are a homemaker, say it with pride. <laughs> uh, if you are a homemaker uh, and that's what you do, uh, as you listen to this, maybe it'll help you understand your spouse better, right? Uh, or maybe uh, uh, it'll help you counsel somebody maybe give somebody else advice and they'll be wondering wow where did you learn all this listen i learned it in church <laughs> so uh, regardless of, of you know what station in life you're in right now i believe just going through these principles understanding these things will help all of us so we need these underlying principles to guide our uh, practices our professional practices and, uh, and daily lives. And we need these principles that we can use all the time. It does, it's, doesn't change uh, uh, with situations. And in addition to all of that, we are also going to emphasize the supernatural. Meaning, God is still interested in the garden. He's still interested in stepping in to our workplaces, our work environments, and, and being God to us. Uh, giving us his wisdom, empowering us in supernatural ways. And, and so we want to open up that dimension uh, for us as we go through um, this series as well. So let's begin this morning. We're going to cover two things today. We're going to talk about uh, personal vision and purpose, and we're going to talk about career plan. Now, uh, for many of us, we may have, we are way past this. He said, man, you should have come to me 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, we may be way past this whole thing of uh, vision, purpose, and career plan. But still, bear, let's listen to it. Let's just try to see what we can take and apply to our present uh, uh, position in our journey. And so some of us may be starting out. This will be very useful to us. Uh, some of us may be still advanced in where we are, but there are principles that we could take and still apply so personal vision and purpose and who you become, what you become in the workplace is greatly influenced by your personal vision and purpose. And here are some things that, that we see uh, in relation to that. We begin first of all by understanding that each one of us were made for a purpose and we need to discover it and live it. You were made for a purpose. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You were made for a purpose. Discover it and live it. The Bible teaches us that in so many places. In Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 10, for instance, the Bible says, God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. So God didn't, you know, send you into this world and says, okay, and he's scratching his head and saying, okay, let me figure out what, what are you going to do? I don't think God wants, to live, wants us to live like that. No. The Bible says he has already prepared good works for us that he wants us to walk in. And so God's got a dream for you. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a vision for you. And so it's up to you and me for us to discover it and live that purpose out. And we understand that God's got a general purpose for all of us. All of us were created to worship God, to love Him, to serve Him. But God has also got specific purposes for each one of us. 
He's got a specific plan, tailor-made, very, very specially designed for you. And what we must understand is that our life in the workplace is not separate from God's specific purpose for our lives. In fact, it's an integral part of God's purpose for our lives. So it's not like when I come to church on Sunday, that's when I'm doing God's purpose, and I go into the marketplace, sorry God, see you next Sunday. It's not like that. Everything we do, your work life is an integral part of God's purpose for your life. And so what you do in the work, in your workplace, in your work life, your professional life matters. And it is part of fulfilling what you were designed for. So in the context of personal vision and purpose, here are some things that are important. Foundation, what you build on matters. Jesus put it like this. He, in Matthew 7, he talked about a wise man who, who heard his sayings and then he did it. He built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains came, the winds blew, the storms came, and the house on the rock stood firm. The house on the sand fell. What's the bottom line? What's the principle there? Your foundation matters. Spiritual foundations are important. That's what gives us the strength to face turbulence difficult times. So also in your professional life, your professional foundations are important. Your foundations matter. So in the beginning of your professional journey, it's important to have good solid foundations. Part of your professional foundations would mean things like communication skills, understanding things like, you know, managing your time. It may, uh, how do you work with people, relations? skills, relationship. These are foundational to any professional life regardless of where you work. And these foundations are important. Your personal priorities are foundational. What's important to you? That's foundational. You need to know your personal priorities. For us as Christians, as believers, we know our priority. Mark 12 verse 30, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's a priority. So because that's a priority to me, Sundays, I make sure I come to worship God. Because it is a pro my worship of God is a personal priority, I want to make time to do that. So everything else in my professional life now revolves around my personal priorities. So you need to know it. You need to be clear about your personal priorities priorities. You also need to be clear about your non-negotiables. Jesus put it like this in Luke 9 verse 62. He said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Meaning once you put your hand to the plow, no turning back. Nobody can negotiate that with you. You are not up for any kind of bargain. You put your hand to the plow, there's no turning back. So you need to know your non-negotiables. What are things that you will say, these are not up for sale. I will not compromise. Integrity, honesty, honoring God with your money. These are your non-negotiables. Nobody can talk you out of it. So be clear about your non-negotiables as you're preparing for your, for your life in the, in the workplace. Both your personal priorities and your non-negotiables will be challenged. 
You will have bosses. You will have colleagues. You will have workplace situations that challenge your priorities, that challenge your non-negotiables. And it is good that they are challenged because that's when you know that you really value those things, that you're holding on to those priorities, that you are holding on to those non-negotiables. You will not put them up for sale. As you're preparing for the workplace, develop a life plan and review it continuously. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. So careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. So plan, have a life plan and, and, and review it continuously. Now, Here's how I, would, how I would like to convey this whole understanding of a life plan. We'll use three words. We will talk about the person, the place, and the purpose. When you are working on a life plan, you envision, you see way into the future, the person, the place, and the purpose that God has for you. You look, you envision the person God wants you to become. What is the kind of person God wants you to become? The place. When we mean, when you talk about place, we're not, not talking about geographic location necessarily, but your place in this world and your purpose. For example, the person you want to become may be an educator. So that's your vision of the person. Many of you here are educators, principals as well. So, education. You're an educator. That's the person. You, you have this understanding that God wants me to be in that place and, 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 and be an educator. The place could be an institute of higher learning. Maybe a university. That's your place. You feel that's where I need to be. That's my place. And your purpose. I want to work in this area. Uh, if you were like me, maybe biomedical engineering, biomedical or you may be something else. I want to work in that area, uh, that's, uh, that field, that's maybe you know, that, that, that area where I want to uh, uh, lead scientific research. I want to have students who will work with me and, and do uh, explore uh, knowledge. And I want to be in that place where I can uh, uh, stimulate my students to do research. And I also want to be in that place where I can influence them and, and point them to the eternal God. So what's your person, an educator? What's your place, the university? What's your purpose, influence? Are you with me so far? Think about Abraham. In Genesis 12, verses 1, 2, and 3, God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, get up out of the land that, um, that, I've, uh, that you are. I'm, I'm going to take you to a, go to a land that I will show you. I will make you the father of a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you a great blessing. So Abraham... What's the person God was calling him to become? The father of a nation. What's the place? I'll take you to a land that I will show you. What's the purpose? I will make you a blessing to the nations. Person, place, purpose. That describes your life plan. It is something you look way into the future. Now when Abraham began that journey after God's call, he didn't know all the details. In fact, Hebrews 11 verse Eight says, when God called him, Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. 
He knew the person, the place, and the purpose, but he really didn't know all the details. He didn't know where he was going. So it's a journey of faith as you move and you say, I believe that's the person, that's the place, that's the purpose God has for me. I don't know all the details between here and there, but I'm making this journey by faith in God. But that's my life plan. So develop this life plan and review it. I would encourage you to review it perhaps every year. Come back to it. Now understand this, that you become that person through a process of growth. It doesn't happen tomorrow. God may say, this is the person I want you to be. But it's going to happen through a process of growth. You reach that place through a series of transitions. You go through various uh, um, uh, uh, stages. You go, reach that place through a series of transitions. And you release that purpose incrementally over a period of time as you progress through time. So understand that while you have a life plan, it's not all going to happen tomorrow. There is a process of growth. There is the uh, there are a series of transitions that are, are up ahead of you. And there is also this progress that you make through time. So these are some things that you and I can keep in mind as we work on our personal vision and purpose. I'm going to move now to talk a little bit about career plan. You know, in, in many things in life, we think about the destination before we start the journey. So if you want to go to a restaurant, you usually think, I'm going to that restaurant. And also you probably think about the route you're getting, going to go there, most of us. <laughs> and then we set out on our journey. It's very rare that you get into your car and say, you know, your wife asks you where you're going. Say, I don't know, just come. That normally doesn't happen. It's usually very clear. I'm going to the mall. I'm going to this mall. And here's how I'm going to get there. Now, along the way, you may make some changes because suddenly you find out that a street that was two-way yesterday has become one-way today. <laughs> and so you need to do some rerouting. Uh, those things do happen, but essentially, you know the destination. You've mapped out how you're going to get there. Before you build a building, somebody draws up a blueprint. Before you build a product, somebody does a design. And so also for our professional lives, it's so important to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. To have what we would call a career plan. It's better off doing that than just letting life happen to you. So how do you work on this career plan? Here are some things. Know your grace, gifts, and skills. Know your grace, gifts, and skills. Romans chapter 12, and I'll just read um, the first part of verse 6. It says, so we are to use different gifts in accordance with the grace that has God has given us. And then he goes on to uh, list those different gifts and the areas of grace. So know your grace, your gifts, and your skills. So what do we mean by grace? Grace is divine empowerment. It is an empowering that God has put upon your life. And what the scripture says is that to each one of us, grace has been given. There is grace given. It's an empowering. And the grace of God really influences and describes your personal inclinations, 
your passions, your areas of interest. That's grace. That's upon your life. For example, you know, I, I'm sure that all of us care about the poor. And or if a poor person was to come to us, I'm sure most of us would, you know, take out some money and give to them and help, you know, want to help them. That's great. We all have some amount of compassion towards the poor. But there would be some amongst us who would say, I am so, they are so full of compassion for the poor, they want to devote their lives to working and serving the poor. What would you call that? You would call that an area of grace. That's grace on their lives. It's that passion. It's something inside them that says, that's what I want to do. For some of us, uh, we may be passionate about something else. That's your grace upon you that's empowering you. God's grace on you, empowering you, giving you that passion, that interest, uh, that inclination towards something. Are you with me so far? Grace. And while all of us care for the poor, not all of us are going to give our lives entirely to serving the poor. While all of us do care about child trafficking, not all of us will devote our entire energies towards that. But there are some who will. Why? Because that's the grace on their lives to do that kind of a thing. And they will get into it. You know, we, uh, for, uh, the rest of us, we will say, you go, I'll send you, you know. But they will be willing to get in because that's the grace on their lives. Whereas for others, we, we go that way. We go with that passion to other things. And that's fine because God has graced us all differently. But you need to know your grace. What is your grace? What is it that stirs you? Now, grace could also come in a negative form. It could become as an agitation. Grace could come as an inclination, but grace could also come as an agitation inside you. What agitates you? Maybe all of us read the news and we read about, you know, a certain country in Africa that's going through a real rough time. Uh, there is hardly any education there. Uh, there. There is no water supply, no health and hygiene, all that. We read the news, we turn the page. But somebody else reads that and says, man, I got to go in there and do something about it. They feel agitated. They're stirred up. They start talking about it to everybody. They try to get all the information they can about that place in Africa that's struggling. They feel they need to go. It's agitating them. Grace. Grace. It's God empowering you to do something about that. So grace can be recognized both from your inclinations but also from your agitations. What is it that stirs you up? What is it that troubles you? What is it that, that says you've got to do something about it? That's your area of grace. Begin to go in that. Move in that. And it is wise for all of us to move in our areas of grace. Because God endowed us with that. And recognize knowing your grace, but also recognize your gifts and skills. Gifts and skills can talk, basically refer to your competencies. They refer to your knowledge and your abilities. There are gifts, things that come almost spontaneously. And there are skills, things that you've learned and developed. But they all, they all talk about your areas of competencies. And you need to know your gifts and your skills. What are you good at? What do you have knowledge about? And what do you have abilities on? Know these things. Because your Career growth and your career is going to be aligned to those things. So what I would encourage us to do is to do a little inventory about me today. What are your areas of grace? 
What is that stirrency? And I can speak for myself. I'm stirred about a couple of things. And really, those are things that I'm really passionate about. I will put that in my, as under my grace. That's what God's called me to do. I can stay up day and night doing those things. I won't feel tired. Uh, they're my grace. And then, what are your gifts and skills? Things that come spontaneously and things that you've developed, your knowledge, your abilities, your core competency. What are those? Write them down. Now, understand that grace, gifts, and skills have to be developed further. You can grow in your grace. The Bible says grow in grace, 2 Peter 3.18. You can develop your gifts and skills, meaning mature them, perfect them, make them better. And it comes through training. It comes through learning. The more you learn, the more you train, you develop those capabilities in your life, whether it's knowledge or your abilities. So once you've identified your your grace, gifts, and skills, then you begin to explore opportunities, get input, and draw up a plan. Begin to explore opportunities that are aligned to your life plan. That is, the person, place, and purpose, and that are aligned to your grace, gifts, and skills. Are you with me? Begin to explore. Talk to people. Go online. You know, what are opportunities there? Now, you know, don't, it is okay to explore information on other areas, but most likely that's not where you're going to be working. That's not where you're going to be, in, be involved. Because you are going to engage in, a, in alignment with your life plan, the person, the per place, and the purpose, and in alignment to your grace, gifts, and skills. That's where you're going to engage. So explore opportunities. Find out what's out there. Uh, and we can do that in many ways by being online, by talking to people, um, those who are already doing the kinds of things that, uh, that, uh, that we would like to do. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 11, 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. You need that counsel. You need that input for you to be able to stand and uh, advance in that area. Now, as you gather this information, draw up a plan, which we will, talk of, uh, we will refer to as a career plan. Remember or understand that life is lived in stages or in seasons with a series of transitions. Life is lived in seasons with transitions. And God is a God of seasons. He changes times and Seasons. Are my times are in his hands. He changes times and seasons for my life. The same with you. So you live life out in seasons with series of transitions. You, you move from one season to the next. And so you now draw up your professional career plan, which is a series of stages or seasons with transitions in between. When you want to move from one stage to the next there is transition. And so what you see up on the screen is just one example of, you have your current stage, there's a next stage, and there's a transition in between. Your current stage in relation to the person, place, and purpose. Describe it. Maybe your current stage may be, may be something like, okay, I'm an entry-level software developer. What's, what's the person? How, what I'm, or how do I describe myself in a current stage? Let's give you an example. It's not really me, but an example. What, what's your current stage? I am an entry-level software developer. 
my great gifts and skills. I'm really good at programming. I, I can, I can, you know, I can. Uh, I don't. Let's let's say example. I'm an Android programmer. I can develop uh, mobile applications for the Android platform. Uh, I can I can do really good backend programming. I can connect with databases and all of that. So that describes me who I am as a person right now in in relation to my professional life. Uh, what's the place you are? I'm working for XYZ company as a junior developer. That's my place right now. Um, what's my purpose? Well, I'm contributing meaningfully to this project that we're working on developing this software for you know, our customers somewhere. And I'm contributing that. And uh, in my place of work, uh, as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, I'm also able to talk to a few of my colleagues, uh, be a support to them. Maybe one of my colleagues is going through a hard time uh, with the issues and he's, that he's facing at home. Um, I'm being an encouragement to him. Another colleague is, uh, you know, is going through a difficult time. So in my, uh, the purpose that's happening is both professional, but it's also tied into the kingdom of God. Are you with me so far? Right? So... What's my next stage? My next stage may be, I want to become um, a team lead, a team leader. I want to lead a team of developers. And I want to, uh, I want to be able to lead this team. So that would begin to describe my next stage. What, what kind of a person would I be? Uh, what are the grace, gifts, and skills I would need for that stage? A team leader, so I need some amount of team leadership skills. Uh, I would need to know how to work with people. I would need to know how to, you know, do a task breakdown. So I break down an entire project in several tasks. I need to do how to, uh, how to do assignment of those tasks. I need to do how, know how to do task tracking. So on a weekly basis, I need to know how much of the task is completed. So but that's the kind of person I want to get to be in my next stage. Uh, what would be the place? Maybe I'm in the same company. Maybe there are opportunities for team leaders in the same company. Or maybe I have to go from XYZ company to ABC company so that that's where the opportunities are. I need to make that change. That's the place I need to go into. Uh, and the team leader is a place that would describe where I want to go to. And what's the purpose? Purpose, I can earn more money. I feel a little bit more satisfied with my work, uh, doing well. And I can also influence, instead of influencing two or three, I may be, be able to influence 15 people on my team. I can have more influence for the kingdom of God. That's the purpose being released. So now comes the in-between, the transition. How do I go from here to there? What's the transition? Well, as a person, I need to develop these skills. I need to learn, you know, a project management software, NAT chart, whatever, you know, or whatever project, project management software, you need to learn that or... Uh, Develop some team leadership skills. I need to learn that. Uh, I, uh, or maybe I need to increase my knowledge of technology. I need to become even more competent uh, in my area of technology so that I can be recognized as a team leader. The, uh, to move into that place, uh, maybe I be, if I have to go from XYZ to ABC company, I need to start looking for those opportunities. And purpose. How will this serve the purpose of God? It will help me uh, take care of my family. It helped me. Uh, influence a whole lot more people. So I've worked out my transition. Now I can make the move. Are you with me so far? But this is just an example of one transition. But your life, getting to your life plan, becoming the person, getting into the place, and fulfilling that purpose is going to happen incrementally. It's a journey to make. So there will be several of these stages and several of these transitions as you move in to fulfilling what God has for your life. So, 
get started, pray, listen, step out. The scripture says in Proverbs 13 verse 4, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. But the soul of a diligent will be made rich. So, while you do all this plan, that's great, but you got to act on it. You got to get started. You got to step out. Because just having a dream, just having a desire, just having a plan is not going to happen. You've got to get out. You got to be diligent. You got to start working on that plan. Knock for doors to be opened. Start knocking. Now that you understood what your plan is and what the next uh, stage that you want to go into, you understand that, begin to knock on those kinds of doors. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 1, The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. That means preparation is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. So you start doing your preparation. You start knocking. So if you want to make the transition to the next stage, whatever it is, maybe, you know, you send out your resumes, you go through the recruiting process, or whatever that needs to be done. You do it. But that's you need to start knocking for doors to be open. Now, don't get discouraged, you know, if the first door you knock doesn't swing wide open. It simply means God's with you. He's aligning you and he's bringing you to the right place, helping you to become the person that you want to be and move into those purposes. Expect unusual favor. We all understand that. But God can give us unusual favor in the work we do. Uh, expect that and say, God, I want unusual favor to open up this door so I can move into the next stage from where I am to where I want to be. Uh, the scripture gives us, uh, I'm just looking at one example in scripture in Genesis 39 verse 21. It says that, the, that God was with Joseph and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So believe God for favor, even if it seems very difficult at that time uh, to move into the next stage. Expect the favor of God to move on your behalf and open up the doors. Remember this, that you can build only after you settle down, so stop wandering. You know, some of us are professional nomads. I mean, like, we are wandering all the time professionally. And you can't build if you are wandering. Look at what the scripture says. The Bible says here in Proverbs 27, verse 8, people who won't settle down, wandering here and there, are like restless birds flitting to and fro. Restless birds, they don't build a nest, they don't lay eggs, and they don't raise up young ones. They just keep moving. But if you want to build something, if you want to create something, if you want to do something significant, you got to settle down and build. You can only build after you settle down. So understand that you know, you're not, in, you're not running a rat race. You're living a life to fulfill your life plan, a purpose, a, a person, a place, and a purpose that you're moving towards. So build at each, each stage. Build before you make your transition. Sharpen your edge, your grace, gifts, and skills. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 10 says, If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. So what do you want to do? You want to keep using more of your strength or just sharpen the edge? You can use less strength and still get the work done. So professionally, keep sharpening your edge, your grace, your gifts, your skills. Keep it up to date. Keep it sharp. Because then what happens, 
when you, uh, with wisdom, you just, you keep, that is wisdom, with just a little bit of energy, effort, you're getting things done. So stay on the cutting edge of your uh, area, your field. Take stock of things frequently. Review, revise, and refine. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.26, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Ponder it. Think about where you're going. And as you're making this journey, you review, you revise, you refine. As, as, things, as, as you begin to understand more, you begin to revise and uh, refine you, what you're doing. But think about where you are. Are you moving progressively towards becoming that person, reaching that place, and releasing that purpose that God has for your life? Ponder where you're going. To grow, you need to change. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Growth happens through a process of change. So if you want to grow professionally, you want to grow, you've got to be willing to change. And you've got to be willing to... Uh, change could mean learning new skills. Change could mean adapting to new roles. Maybe you didn't envision yourself being in this role. You move in. You may move vertically, you may move laterally, but you adapt to new roles. That's accommodating change. Change may be intentional. You plan for it and you say, I need to change. I need to move to th uh, this role in order to grow professionally. Or sometimes change may be sudden. It may be put upon you. Your boss comes and says, Joe, I hope there's no Joe here, but <laughs> Joe, tomorrow you're off. <laughs> you know? uh, I need to send you out to so-and-so place. And you're like, okay, I mean, I, you never told me, no advance notice. But you just think, is this change going to be, is going to help me move towards the person, place, and purpose? If it is, let me go with it. Because as I adapt to change, it's going to help me grow. It's going to help me move forward. So uh, uh, even if it's unexpected change, evaluate it and if, take it up if it's going to help you grow. Look for clarity as you keep journeying. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. As you begin your journey, at any, any point in time, everything is not going to be totally clear. But as you begin that journey and make your journey, things will become clearer. So look for clarity. Look as God continues to speak to you and tells you exactly, uh, tells you more about the person, the place, and the purpose. It becomes even more clearer. Maybe when you begin, you say like, I just want to be an educator. Or I just want to be, you know, I want to just have my own IT startup. Great. Uh, you have that, just that, that understanding. But as you begin to make the journey, things will become clearer. Maybe the area, or the field in which you need to work and the field in which you need to uh, engage or start your business may become clearer as you make the journey. But look for clarity as you make progress because that's the way God works. Another important thing is this, to avoid the donkey and the horse syndrome. The Bible tells us in Psalm 32 verse 8 and 9, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye, but do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding. They must be harnessed with bit and brittle, else they will not come near you. They won't get up and go. 
So don't be like the horse or don't be like the donkey. The donkey is so stubborn. You, it's so hard to move it. The horse is the other way. You've just had to hold it back. And God says, don't be like the either. I will lead you. I will guide you. But stay in step and in time with me. So don't run ahead of God. Don't stay behind God. Stay in step and in time with God. As God leads you, keep moving uh, with him. And here's a great assurance that you and I have as we make our professional journey. That our steps are ordered by the Lord. Things we understand, things we don't understand. Because our life is surrendered to him and our life is in his hands. We're trusting him. We know that our steps are ordered by God. Psalm 37, 23, 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And God delights in our ways. Trust God because you can't figure everything out. As you and I make this journey, there will be those times like I can't figure this out. Maybe you're in a dead-end job. Maybe you're in a, a, in a job where you say like I can't, I don't know. I'm gonna, it seems like I'm going to spend the next 25 years here. I don't know what's, there's not, no opportunity in front of me. Or, or there will be those moments in life when you can't figure everything out, uh, what's happening in your workplace or to you professionally. But the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. That's the assurance we have. Yes, God. You'll keep me on track. So closing, I want to challenge you and me to step up to your mountain. What's your mountain? And we understand these seven mountains. We talked about it last Sunday. Uh, the mountain of family, religion, education, media, arts, entertainment, business, government. God's got a place for you on one or more of these mountains. Step up to that mountain. The example of Caleb is outstanding because when Caleb comes into the land of promise and he comes to that very mountain that he had seen 40 years ago, he comes to Joshua and he says, Joshua, give me this mountain. I know there are giants on the mountain, but I'll take them. I'll take the, land, the mountain. Imagine for 40 years, he was only envisioning it. There's a purpose, there's a place, there's a person. For 40 years, he journeyed. And finally, when he arrived at that place, at that moment, he was ready to step up to it. He said, give me this mountain. I'm willing to go and deal with the giants. Whatever your mountain is, whatever the mountain God has called you to conquer, go conquer it. Amen? Even if there are giants there, don't run away from your mountain just because there are giants there. In fact, you're needed there because there are giants. If there were no giants... Leave the mountain alone. Because there are giants. Because that marketplace needs to be transformed. Because that area of industry needs a light to shine. You are needed there. So step up to your mountain. Go in there. And with God, you too can take your mountain. Amen. Next Sunday, uh, we'll take this forward. Uh, we, we're going to talk about workplace attitudes. Uh, then we will talk about corporate vision, mission, values, and culture. And we'll talk about competitive advantage and strategy. Just exploring biblical principles that we can use in these areas of work life. Let's stand to our feet, please, and call our worship team up.
as we just spend these next few moments waiting on the Lord, I, I would request all of us just to pray and say, God, can you speak to me about the person, the place, and the purpose you have for my life? For some of us, that may be very clear. We know exactly the person, the purpose, and the place. For some of us, maybe we have a sense of it, some understanding of it. For some of us, maybe we never even thought of that. It doesn't matter. God said in his word, call to me and I will answer you. I will show you great things which you do not know. So God is ready to speak and reveal as you and I ask and listen. So would you pray and say, God, what is that person, place and purpose you have for me? And the rest of my journey, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to become? What do you want me to do? I also take some time to think about the grace, the gifts, and the skills. God didn't put it on you to, for it to be wasted. Never, never wasted. The grace that's on your life, the gifts that are in you, the skills that you have. Ask God, saying, God, how can all this serve the purpose of your kingdom? What do you want me to do? Maybe God will say, you know, there are those areas of grace that you've neglected. You've not been moving in that, those areas for a while. I want you to start moving into in those areas. Maybe God will say, you know, there are those gifts in you that you've really never uh, developed further. You knew they were in you, but you just let it lay aside. God may speak to you. So you're going to go, for, go from here and begin to work on developing those skills, those gifts. Or maybe God will say, I want you to start learning about these things. I want you to start developing these skills because there's a work ahead for you. And you say, okay, God, I'll work on those. So could we take a few moments, please, just to pray and listen to the Lord. Each one, I believe God will speak. Just in a gentle way, through the prompting of His Spirit, He will speak. So let's just wait upon the Lord.
Father, we just invite the work of your Holy Spirit to equip, oh God, to empower each person here to make a difference for your kingdom, Lord, out in the marketplace. Holy Spirit, come on every person, young and old, whatever age, come upon every person. Begin, Lord, to do a powerful work in equipping us and empowering us and speaking to us. And say, God, when we go out into this world, we will have great impacts, great influence for your kingdom, Lord, as we follow your purpose as we follow through on what you speak to each one. Raise up, Lord, an army. Raise up, God, a, a generation of people will be the people you want them to be, salt and light in this world. Thank you, O God. Before we close, I want to take a moment. If there's anyone here, maybe this is your first time in church or maybe you've been visiting for a while and, but you've never prayed and placed your life in God's hands and said, God, I want to live for your purpose. Maybe you never prayed and said, Lord, uh, I want to have my sins forgiven and I want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want your meaning, your purpose for my life. Maybe you never prayed that. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came into this world to die for our sins so that our sins could be removed out of the way and we could become children of God. So this morning, if you feel inclined to want to do that and say, yes, I want to give my life to the Lord, I I want to know Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to live for God's purpose. And I want to lead you in a simple prayer right now. And if you'd like to do it, you can pray with me. And this could be the beginning of an exciting journey with Jesus. Could you just bow our heads in a moment, please? And if you never prayed this prayer, never prayed a prayer to give your heart to Jesus and to live for him, then I invite you just to pray this with me. You could say this with me, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. Reveal your purpose for my life. And I want to live for you the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's get ready to close. Father, we just pray, and I just pray, God, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, our Father, and the empowering fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us always. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday, great week. See you again. Thank you.
We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.